אראל מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים, ולכנו כל הצדיקים האמיתיים, שוכני עפר קדוש, עם אשר בארץ הם, אבל ישחט הרבנו הקדוש, צדיק יסוד עולם, נחנו ומקום חוכמה. רבנו נחמן יוצא גנה, נחנו נחמן 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 So obviously lesson four is divided in three parts and this is going to be the third. Let's start with Zeperush. Zeperush, Amar Rabba Babachana. So this is the explanation of the story where Rabba Babachana says in the Gemara, Zimna Chada, Hava Ka'azina Bishinta. One time we were traveling on a ship. We saw this fish and was inside this fish, inside the nostrils of this fish was a small like um, a mud eater, like a little worm. The water tossed the fish about and um, and cast it ashore. Basically, this water pushed the fish all the way and it killed this fish and uh, the fish ended up all the way on the shoreline. And destroyed 60 cities. So this fish was obviously massive. It destroyed this amount of uh, cities, 60 cities. And these 60... And 60 other cities basically came and ate from um, this fish. And uh, from its flesh, 60 other cities um, came and salted its flesh. And what happened? Um, from one eyeball of this fish, you could fill 300 kegs of oil. And when we returned after 12 months, time, this is... Speaking. We saw that the people were sawing planks from its bones with which to rebuild those cities. Basically, 60 cities came and ate from this fish, and then 60 salted from this uh, salted the flesh. And then um, another people, uh, you could literally see the, the fish was massive that it could fill 300 kegs of oil and all this stuff. And Rabbi Bachana came. And uh, saw 12 months later that people were sawing um, like these wooden planks or these planks from these bones in order to rebuild uh, the 60 cities that were destroyed um, initially in the story. So let's see what the Rashbam says and then we'll head into the, um, the explanation Rabban is going to bring. Kavra, when it says Kavra, which means f- uh, fish, Dag. Rashbam says it's a fish, Akhlatina, Sheret Katan. What is like a mud eater? It's a small, like a creepy crawly. It says in the nostrils of this fish entered this, um, this mud eater. What did it mean the water tossed the fish about? The fish pushed and threw the, the, uh, the water f- uh, through this fish onto the, the dry land. Like it is normal for the sea that they can't endure like anything that's dead. It basically, it just tosses tosses dead things and tosses it back onto the shoreline. Sixty cities were destroyed. That basically the water um, uh, tossed this fish. <laughs> Literally, that the that this fish destroyed sixty cities and broke all these cities. That this fish was so big. What does it mean that 60 cities ate? Um, uh, that basically it's saying that the first 60 cities came and um, ate from it. 
Um, the second, while it was still like, um, while it was still fresh, basically, then another 60 cities came and um, another 60 came that were very far from those 60 cities, um, the initial 60 cities. And what happened, they, they basically salted it and um, they salted the flesh and brought it back to their cities. And when it says that from one eyeball, you can literally fill 300 kegs of oil. From one eyeball, they filled these 300 kegs of oil. What did they mean that they were sawing like planks? That they were using the bones of the fish to rebuild the city, the 60 cities that were destroyed. Okay, let's hop into the, the lesson. Perush. Explanation. Sfina. What does it mean whenever the, the, the story says Sfina? Boat. It's an expression of importance. As we talked about earlier, that the, the, in another lesson we said that Safun is actually, um, a, um, in Aramaic, means important. Chashuv. Bechinat Malchut, which represents Malchut, we know, because Malchut has this importance, this status, this authority. That what is Rabbi Bakana doing? He's coming now to investigate on the status of Malchut, how Bnei Israel elevates it. So he's coming to see where the Malchut is placed and where it is placed among the Goyim and how Bnei Israel can come and elevate it back to its proper source. They saw this fish. Israel are actually called in the name of fish. That they increase like fish in the midst of the land. Basically, Am Yisrael are compared to fish, as we see from this Pasuk. And this is talking about, obviously, the, the Jewish people in Egypt, that they were multiplying tremendous. Uh, no, actually, I don't know whether this is a reference to... It, it seems to be a reference to something else. I don't know what it is. But B'nai Yisrael are a reference to fish. That um, And what happened? This mud eater came and crawled into the nostril of this fish. Rabbeinu says this is a reference to the prayers of Israel. If you reference back to lesson 2, we understand that the uh, prayer is a reference to the nose. So we see here that obviously, whenever it says that the, this mud eater entered to the nose, this nostril, the nostril is obviously a reference to prayer, the, the prayers of Am Yisrael. And what happens? What is this mud eater? It's a reference that this mud eater comes and intermingles. And what is this this mud eater? It's uh, impurity. As we know, according to the Torah, that it's forbidden to eat. Obviously, all these shratim are very, very... There's many isurim, many prohibitions regarding the, the shratim. Regarding these mud eaters, these creepy crawlies, all this stuff. So, Rabbeinu was saying that the tuma, the impurity, comes and intermingles with the prayers of Am Yisrael. Try to come and confuse us. Within our prayers, within a person's service. And it comes to confuse this person. And Rabbeinu is explaining this analogy, this parable, that basically this Jew, who's a reference to this fish, couldn't pray properly, he wasn't able to do his, his service and his avodah, like whole, with, um, with wholesomeness, because this mud eater was coming to bother him, this tuma, etc. So what did this person do? He did these three aspects that we talked about earlier. Which we discussed was attaching yourself to the tzaddik. Meaning the first idea was we said, Seeing the face of the tzaddik, which is the attachment to the tzaddik, netinat tzaddika was giving the tzaddik tzaddika. Vidud varim, and the third idea was vidud varim, this verbal confession. Now, Rabbi is going to explain how these three tie into this um, story. 
What happened when this fish died? They basically the fish tossed it, the water tossed the fish about and threw it up um, on the shore. So it's mentioning now the three aspects from bottom, uh, from top to bottom. What does it mean? We're gonna see now. Umeta, it died. This is the aspect of verbal confession. As we said earlier in the story, that um, what did we say? The day of death is um, it. What do you call it? That he reached like the the crossroads we were talking about in the last part of the in the in the second uh, lesson in the second um, what do you call it? recording of this lesson? We we're saying that um, whenever this person reached the crossroads, it's a reference to Tamid um, Chacham and the Yom Amita, I believe. <clears throat> uh, the Tamid Chacham. And uh, the day of death. And what do we say the day of death? It's a reference to Vidud Varim. Because what does it say here? All those who are being put to death have to confess right before. So we see death is a reference to Vidud Varim. This is the first one. It pushed it. The, the sea pushed it about. This is Send your bread upon the face of the waters. Happy are those who sow upon the water. This is obviously all a reference to Taka. What did it mean that it tossed it um, upon the shore? The tzaddik is called the shore, the, the sea line. Which is a reference, uh, an expression of gader, like which is a border, a fence. He guards, he makes a fence between the, the boundary. I think, um, he basically creates boundaries for Am Yisrael, I believe. This idea that he basically protects them from, from committing sin. He makes the, the Chachamim, obviously, are, are this Geder, are this fence. They make these fences to protect Amishka from making these sins. Uh, and this is what it means, the Shadiyu, the Guda, that the fish tossed it, that the, the sea tossed the fish ashore. That this person brought himself to the Tzadik, because we said the person is the reference to the fish. Through the three aspects, it destroyed these 60 cities. That through death, which is vidud varim, we said, he elevated malchut from within the aspect of the kripot, within the evil forces. Because we know the malchut is captured by the evil forces and our job is to elevate it. How do we do that? We were explaining earlier to vidud varim. And the tzaddik will teach this person the straight path. As we say in the haftarah of Parashat Bereshit, I will destroy mountains and hills. What is this a reference to? It's a reference to the destruction of the of the authority of the the goyim, meaning whenever the goyim will lose their power and will destroy their kingship. And what is the end of this verse? We start off with I will destroy their hills and their mountain, and I will lead them. I will lead the blind on a path they didn't know. This is the aspect of the tzaddik who shows this person the right path because the person doesn't know he's blind. Remember we talked about in the story that the person came up on a lit torch and all this stuff. He was blind. He didn't know where to go. He was scared of ditches, thorns, all this stuff. This person's blind. He doesn't know which path to go on. And until the dawn rises, he doesn't know where to go until the tzaddik basically comes and shows him. So we will lead the, I will lead the blind upon a path that he did not know. This is the tzaddik who shows us the right path. This is the crossroads canal that we mentioned above. The idea of the tzaddik and the yom and the yom amita, the tamid chacham and the day of death. 
vidu dvarim and the tzaddik who shows a person how to be saved, basically. Because until you come to the tzaddik, you cannot be saved. And what do these sixty cities represent? It's a hinting. It's an exp- it's um it's hinting to the elevation of Malchut, which was among the klipot before we did this tikkun. These are sixty basically shishim uh, hema. These are the sixty types of melachot, these queens or these kingships. So we see here sixty cities. Sixty is a reference to kingship malchut melachot. And sixty cities ate from this fish. This is a reference to um, hinting to the two types of evil traits of chai and medaber, which are the animal aspect and the human aspect. Which is what we talked about earlier, Sharadoba and Yutkana, which through these two come through these two um evil traits that stem from the animal kingdom and the human kingdom, come poverty. And through Tzaka, one repairs this and draws down abundance. And this is what it says, they ate from it. Meaning they, they had Shefa from it. They were able to take this abundance. They were able to eat from it. This is a reference to these 60 strong, um, strong men. That through, through these 60 strong men, these Giborim, you draw them Parnasa. That it's from there, this is the source of Parnasa, the Shishim Giborim, as it's brought in, um, in uh, Shira Shirim, I believe. How do we know that? How do we know that the, the Parnasa is drawn from the Shishim Giborim, the 60 strong men? As it says in the, um, in the Gemara Maserim Barachot and in Ta'anit, look over there, you're going to see awesome things, how Rabbanu ties this together. But the simple idea is Gevuchot Geshamim, the strong, um, the strength of the reins. And what that means is, Gevurot, obviously we know, Shishim Giborim, the 60 strong men, this is a reference to the strong men, the Malchut, which we talked about, and Geshamim, reigns is Shefa, we know that rain is an aspect of abundance, of uh, Parnasa, basically. So it's from Gevurot, which we get Geshamim, which is the Shefa. So we see that the Shishim Giborim, which we know is Shishim Hema Menachot, which is the 60 kingship, it's the aspect of kingship, so 60 is a reference to Malchut, we see from Malchut comes this aspect of this Parnasa. And they salted, another 60 cities salted from its uh, flesh. This is hinting to the rectification of these two midot ra'ot, which are domem tomer, which are the inanimate and the vegetation kingdom, the vegetable kingdom. The, the two midot ra'ot which we talked about was advut and um, I believe ta'avot ra'ot. Those two, the depression that we talked about and the the evil lust that a person has. This is the a reference. To, this is where um, these stem from the domem, the inanimate, and the tomer, which is the vegetable kingdom. But through coming close to the tzaddik, this is how you rectify it. Because we said this is how you rectify these two midot ra'ot, through coming close to the tzaddik. Because the tzaddik is brit melech olam. He's a covenant of salt forever. And what we mean by that is Brit Menachomanam. We're going to see there. Let's look into Zohar uh, Bereshit, Daf Resh Mem Aleph, page 241. Look over there. We're going to see how the Tzaddik represents this Brit Menach Olam, the covenant of salt. Um, so we're going to see here how. Gam Atzvud Ta'avod Ba'imi Damim Achorim. Because depression and evil, these evil lusts, which are these two Domem Tzomeach, come from these the putrid blood. And what does Saul do? It expels all the bad blood. 
This is what salt is meant to do. It sucks up all the blood, all the bad blood. And this is what makes it kasha for us to eat. So basically salt, which is a reference to the tzaddik, because the tzaddik is this covenant of salt. He reduce, he removes from a person this putrid blood, which is a reference to the evil lusts and the depression that stems from domem and tomeach. And what is the 60 cities? It's a hint to, it's referencing the 60 letters that are in Birkat Kohanim. And what is Birkat Kohanim? It's in the hands of the Tzaddik. The blessings are at the head of the Tzaddik. Or for the head of the Tzaddik. So we see here that Tzaddik has the power of blessing. Birkat Kohanim, which is the power of the Kohanim to bless, the Kohanim is obviously a reference. This idea of bracha, that the Kohanim have the power vested in their hands, is obviously also the tzaddikim have. And, or biyal hat tzaddik, the tzaddik has this power. And what he does by this is he rectifies all the bad blood within a person through this idea of the 60 um, letters of Birkat Kohanim. So we see here that they filled from 300 kegs of oil. Uh, they filled from one eyeball 300 kegs of oil. Galve Mishra, kegs of oil. Zebchinat Adat. What are kegs of oil? This a reference to Da'at. Intellect. Um, awareness. Knowledge. Kishemen Mishrat Kodesh. Because oil is whole, because it's holy anointing oil, as it says in Shemot. Oil was the idea that they, how they used to um, anoint kings. They used to put oil over the heads of these people, of the, of the king they would anoint. This is an aspect of the intellect because we know shemen has to do with um, the uh, what do you call it? with the mind. Um, and what is three hundred? It's an aspect of Moshe. That he represents ma the aspect of what because we talked about earlier. Like he, what are we? As we talked about earlier, the tzaddik's humility stems from this idea that he makes himself nothing. The aspect when he said that when he told Hashem, what are we? What are, what are me and Aaron? Meaning Moshe Rabbeinu attained this level where he became this aspect of ma. He became this nothingness. Like he didn't attribute himself to any single thing. Like we know Avraham Avinu attributed himself to Afar. He said, Ani Afar I'm dust and ashes. Moshe Rabbeinu, and we know David Amenach says, I'm a worm. But Moshe Rabbeinu says, what, what are we? You know what I mean? He doesn't have anything that he can attribute himself to. Meaning his humility was bigger than everyone else's. This is the aspect of ma. So how do we know this? Because Moshe is a player on the words ma and shin. So ma is the what and the shin is the 300. Shin plus ma is Moshe. So we're going to see here how the shin is an aspect of Moshe. 300 is an aspect of Moshe. Because that he's an aspect of ma that the tzaddik basically belittles himself to the aspect of ma. Which is what called what? Because within these three aspects, one needs to belittle himself. We're going to see how um, Moshe represents the three, uh, three, uh, 300, because Shalosh, um, you, you see the sheen that has three heads, it has the three spikes. Um, so we're going to see how these uh, three aspects, which is a reference to the three uh, lines of the sheen, are going to, to prove that Moshe is aspect of the sheen and also the ma, so sheen plus ma. So let's see how Rabbanu explains. So within the, with these three aspects, the tzaddik makes himself little. It says, um, Let not the wise person, the strong man, and the, and the wealthy person exalt themselves. Let them not pray themselves. So it's these three aspects that a person needs to protect himself from, uh, from the pride that we're going to see here. These three aspects specifically, a person needs to protect himself from, um, from uh, gandut, from pride. But the tzaddik 
completely nullify themselves. So let's see how. That within these three, within every aspect of these three that we just mentioned, the, the Chacham, the wise person, the wealthy person, and the strong person, he makes himself ma, basically the aspect of like nothingness. What? Like, there's nothing exists. He makes himself inexistent within these three aspects. And through this, he completely nullifies his corporeality, his material existence. And he basically binds himself to the light of the infinite one, Hashem himself. As we explained earlier, that there's there within God himself, in the light of God, there's no difference of Ratzon, there's no change of will there. Hashem is one. There's no difference. There's no Yudke Vavke. There's no Elohim there. It's all the aspect of one. It's all Rachamim. El Hashem hu Elohim. Rather, Hashem is Elohim. Meaning there's no Deen. There's no Rachamim. It's all Hashem is Elohim. It's all one. God is one. Hanu kulo hatov v'amitim. Meaning everything is um, good. Hatov. Uh, everything is for the good. V'amitim. And the one who bestows good. Meaning Hashem only does good in this world. And up there, at this aspect that we're talking about, we're Moshe Rabbein was nullifying his corporeality. He understands that there's no difference between Dina and Rachamim. It's all Rachamim. It's all good. It's all tough. This is the aspect of one, um, one with one eyeball. They filled like these three, three hundred, these three um, hundred kegs of oil. We're gonna see here what this means. One eyeball. is brought in the Idra Rabba. So the secrets that Rabbi um, uh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai revealed. Um, um, some of the deepest secrets of the Zohar in the Idra, I think it's in the Idra Rabba if I'm not mistaken could be the Idra Zuta I don't know um, and in the time to come there will be one eye of mercy let's see what that means but it says in, in, the, uh, in the Idra and Parashat so I think it's the Idra Rabba this is the aspect of everything is Hatov Ve'ametiv all basically good and the one who bestows good. Nimtza. What's the result? The result is like this. When the tzaddik makes himself ma, basically nothing, he nullifies his physical existence. He attaches himself to the one eye of mercy that we just mentioned in the Zohar. And what is this a reference to? Ensof, the infinite one, God. And afterwards, whenever he returns from this aspect of Bitul, that we talked about earlier, because the tzaddik cannot just stay there in the aspect of bitul; he cannot nullify himself um, entirely. He has to return in the aspect of ratzov ashov and running and returning that we mentioned earlier. So what did he do? He draws down the light of God's infinite. Uh, he draws down the light from God Himself, the infinite one. This infinite light, this this one, this unified, this. The simple will. Sham derechma. He draws this light from this place, this lofty place, derechma, through via this aspect of ma, this aspect of what, this nothingness, shelo, that he had made himself to be. Meaning, through his humility in the aspect of ma, he draws down this as, this light that he received from this this um, this light and this awareness that he received from this um, the orensof from the light of um, from the light of Hashem. That is completely one. That is simple raton, and uh, and he makes from that ma that he had made himself to be nothing. This aspect of nothingness, mea, he turns it into mea one hundred. We see the only difference between ma and mea is this letter aleph, as it says in the Gemara. 
Look in the Gemara Masechet Benachot and look at Rashi. It says, "Don't read it ma, read it mea." So we see here that the tzaddik, like Moshe Rabenu, what he does is he's able to, through his ma, turn that 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 bitul within the insof within the light of Hashem, and turn it into mea whenever he comes back down, and that light that he had attained through this his humility, because you can only attain this light through humility, through this aspect of Ma, he brings it down through this vessel, which is Ma, and he creates this Mea. It's obviously very complex and very Kabbalistic, but Pshitut will understand this. Um, will understand the, the practical points of what Rabban was trying to say, God willing. And he turns three Mea's and Mitlat Ma from the three Ma's. Because what do we say is the three ma's? The three ma's, are the three nothingnesses that the tzaddik does are the three times that he makes himself nothing. The three aspects that a person needs to make himself humble. Which is what we said earlier. Don't let the, the wise person, the strong person, and the rich person not, make him, not exalt himself. Let him not praise himself. Meaning these three times that the tzaddik makes himself ma, well, he turns into three ma's. Because what did we say? When the tzaddik does this bitur, he goes all the way up to the organ sof, to literally God's light. He makes himself nothing within God's light. He takes in all this light. And through the aspect of Ma that he made himself three times because the tzaddik can only do this tikkun, only do this bitur whenever he makes himself nothing within these three aspects of meaning he completely nullifies himself from the pride of being wise, from the pride of being rich, and from wealthy, and from the pride of being strong. From all these three aspects, he makes himself nothing. So these three times where he makes himself nothing and now is able to ascend up to this bitul, to do this nullification process. When he does his bitul, he, these three ma's then get turned into three mayas whenever he comes back down and he brings this light back down to illuminate it to the rest of the world, to, the, to those around him. As we see Moshe Rabbeinu illuminated Am Yisrael. He does this through turning ma into mea. So these three ma's, these three times he nullified himself and these three aspects that we mentioned earlier become three mayas, three which now becomes 300, which is why we say from one eye of Rachame, whenever he attaches himself to the one eye of mercy, which is literally the Oren Sof, which is the light of God, the infinite one, what happens? He turns those three ma's into three me'as. So from one eye of mercy, from the one eye of the fish, they got 300 kegs of oil, which is this idea from the three, from the aspect of Bitur that Moshe Rabbeinu attaches himself to that, the one eye of mercy of Hashem, meaning it's Kulo HaTov it's one eye because there's only unity up there, there's no difference between Din and Rachamim. It's all Kulo HaTov it's all good. And from that aspect of Bitul, of understanding that it's all for the best, and it's knowing that everything that Hashem does is for the good, Kulman that everything that Hashem does is for the good that He does. From this aspect that He attaches himself to that one eye of mercy, He draws down um, these three Meas which then become 300. And this is why Moshe Rabenu is 300 Shin Ma. Why Shin Ma? Because the 300 um, from the three Ma's, the three Ma's they get turned into three Me'as. And it says, Don't read a Ma, read a Me'a. So from the Ma that Moshe Rabenu does three times, from the times that he makes himself Ma, for, from making himself Ma within wisdom, Ma within uh, Chokhmah, uh, within uh, being a Gibor and Ma within the aspect of Ashirut, within wealth, the three times he makes himself ma, he makes um, he then transforms this into mea, and then it becomes three hundred, which is the gematria numerical value of shin. So Moshe Rabbeinu is shin plus ma. Umamshich or Hazel, that always see this massive chidush, and he draws down this light 
lidato to his da'at, to his awareness, because we said earlier that whenever the tzaddik does his bitun, he doesn't, he's not aware of it. He's obviously all doing this mamash, like without being aware that he's there. As we said, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't even know he was buried, where he was buried, because he had attained such a level of bitun. So, he draws this down light back to this uh, light back down to his da'at and his sechel, his intellect, which is what we said, the kegs of oil, because oil is a reference to the, the mind, the intellect, which represents the intellect, as we mentioned above, it's brought down many times in the teaching of Abenu. It says, you have illuminated that. You have shown that. What does that mean? That you have drawn down God's infinite light to his wisdom. That Moshe Rabbeinu was able to draw down God's light to his dat, that he should know God's unity, his oneness. And that Moshe would be able now to bless on every single thing. He would be able to say that every single thing and look at every single thing, even all the tragedies, all the most crazy things, all the, the, the saddest events, every single thing that he would be able to see as good. As we can, as we will know, as we'll be able to do in the future. What did it say? Rabbi Bachana, when he returned 12 months later, he thought that they were making like planks out of the bones of the fish so that they could rebuild those initial 60 cities that were destroyed. Let's see what this means. Because from the backside of Ktusha, which is Shem Asar Shvatim, and what is Ktusha? It's the 12 holy um, Shvatim. The twelve tribes, because it's through these twelve tribes that we repair Marchut, as is brought down in the Zohar Vayechi. Look over there, Daf Resh Mem Aref. So from the back of this Kedusha, meaning from the side of Tuma, and behind the, the, the holy twelve Shatim is the aspect of Tuma impurity. And there's people that they they leave from this holiness, meaning they go to the back side of holiness, which is Tuma, which is behind the twelve Shatim. So this is, upon these people, Rabbi Bachana is now going to explain. This is what the Tana, Rabbi Bachana is saying, that he went and he returned to go see and to investigate within these people that are basically uh, that are after 12 months. Why did he return after 12 months? Because what are these 12 months? To reference to the 12 Shvatim. But what is he saying? That those people who have, what do you call it? Past 12 months, meaning they've gone past the 12 Shvatim, they've gone behind the 12 Shvatim to the path of impurity. Those people who have unfortunately fell off the faces of holiness into the faces of impurity, behind the Shvatim, behind the, path, the face of holiness, that they literally leave the congregation, the community of Am Yisrael, to their bad actions. So Rabbi Barakana is now going to explain, going to investigate about these people how to repair Malchut for these people specifically. And they saw that they were able, that they were literally sawing like these, um, from its bones, these planks, right? That through these bad actions of these, bad, of these people, that they fell off the, the idea of Kral Yisrael, that they separated themselves from the community of Am Yisrael. Look how Rabbeinu ties this together. What did we say when a person does bad action, when he commits a sin? We talked about earlier in the, fir- in the first aspect of this class, in the first uh, lesson. 
talked about how a person engraves on his bones the, the prohibition of the sin. He creates a negative combination from this sin written in the Torah, from this letter combination written in the Torah. He rewrites it into a bad combination and then he writes it on his bones. What did the Rabbanu say? That these are the people who engrave on their bones and this engraving goes ever le ever, which is obviously a play on the words Avera we talked about earlier. From side to side, like a saw mark. Like a saw. Literally, it's as if you're sawing it into your bones, these sins. You're, your bones literally have a physical... Um, it, you're doing tremendous damage to your, to your bones through the sins that a person commits. Like a saw mark. Rabbeinu says, mamash, literally. But through the Isha Israeli, the Jewish person above that we mentioned earlier, whenever he arouses himself to repent, to, to return to Hashem through the small mud eater that is in his nostrils. What does that mean? Through the fact that he feels some small impurity confusing him. Through his his um, his um, returning, through his coming close to Hashem, he causes... Not only does he cause through his, um, through his arousal in Tshuva to come close to Hashem, himself to come back, but what also, he causes these Rishaim to be made a vehicle for holiness, meaning they too can be brought up to Kedusha. Look how awesome how a person, when he does Tshuva, he can literally cause another person to ascend up and to do Tshuva with him, to make Rishaim around him become a vehicle for holiness, which is something, a tremendous chesed of Hashem. That people like us, the ultimate chesed of Hashem is people like us can, can you know what I mean, after all the damage we've done, that we can be a part of the Klal Yisrael. Once again, that Hashem accepts us again. This is the ultimate mercy of Hashem. And through this aspect that He causes, whenever a person does this tshuva, through the fact that he feels this impurity, meaning he arouses himself, he understands how far he is from Hashem, and he wants to come close to Hashem now. He wants to pray to Hashem. Through this tshuva that a person does, he causes that also reshaim, these reshaim then get brought back into the, the vehicle, they get made into a vehicle of holiness. And now they were able to rebuild those 60 cities. What did that mean? That evil the doers also help. The evil doers also help this, those people uh, who serve Hashem. That they can rebuild those cities. Meaning now the evil doers can actually become a part of the Kedushan, actually help those people who are serving Hashem. To actually um, come closer also. Um, that these evildoers also, the tremendous chesed is that we also can help those tzaddikim. Gam um, of um, To serve Hashem. Whatever that means. I know Rabbeinu has a phrase in Chayim Oram where he says that it's enough for a servant to be like his master. And this idea that like, if I don't have you guys, then... It's worthless, you know, because what is it? It's, if it's just me, then what's Hashem going to, to have the simcha from? It's whenever we both do it together that the simcha is. So, like, Rabbeinu needs us, but obviously we all need Rabbeinu. Rabbeinu can do the tikkun technically on his own, but it would be worthless for Hashem if it was all done on his own. So it's the evildoers can also help in this idea that they can also raise malchut um, and rebuild. Vezeh perush, and this is an explanation. Anochi Hashem lokecha. I am Hashem your God. Perush, an explanation. Hen Hashem, hen elokecha, tavin shekol zot anochi. It's awesome. Whether it's yutke vavke, whether it's elokecha, which is elokim din, so whether it's mercy or a judgment, tavin shekol zot anochi, that all of it, 
understand that every single one of these, whether it's Yudke, Vavke, Elokim, Elokecha, it's Anochi, it's one, it's I. Hanushetkayim, meaning that you shall fulfill Ba'ashem al-Adavar, Be'elohim al-Adavar. In, um, in Yudke, Vavke, I will praise the matter, and in Elokim, I'll praise the matter. Hanukulo, Hatov, Ametiv, Kanan. Meaning everything is good, um, and he bestows good, that everything is Hatov, Ametiv. That it's good and the, the one who bestows good. Meaning everything Hashem does is for the, the, for the uh, is chesed, it's chachamim. It's good. Kanal, as we mentioned above, this is anochi, 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 it's like above the idea of bet. See the world, the, the Torah starts with bereshit, it's bet. It's the idea of Torah bet, it's the idea of this idea, the machloket. There's always two sides of seeing things. There's zele umadzeh, that there's opposite, there's evil, there's holiness, you know. But the second you get up to Aleph, which is this idea of Keter, this idea of like Purim, meaning like, that you get to this idea of wisdom where the purpose of all wisdom is to understand that you know nothing. The purpose of all of all Da'at, is to understand that you have no Da'at. It's like Moshe Rabbeinu, when he does his Bitul, it's like the ultimate level of Da'at, but there he has no Da'at at all because we said he has no awareness until he returns and he draws down this, this light that he received, this residue from there, from up there at the... From God's infinite light, He brings down this light and He brings it down to His death. But it's only possible through this idea of Asher Loneda. When He makes Himself nothing, He doesn't have this wisdom. It's like um, what we're talking about this Aleph. It's above Bet. There's only one there. And this is the, there's no Machloket at all. This is why the Torah starts with Anochi Hashem Lokecha. It's one. This is why the first lessons of Rabbanu, first four lessons start with the idea of Aleph. Aleph, 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 Aleph. This idea that Torah comes from the four Alephs, but specifically the idea of Torah Aleph. It's, it's, idea, it's above the it's above the Inyan of Machloket. There is no Machloket at all. It's all one. Asher Hotzadir HaMeyar Mitzrayim. So what Anochi Hashem Elokecha, I'm Hashem your God, who has brought you out from the land of Egypt. The Itab Midrash, it says in the Midrash, Higora Galud Nikhaim Hashem Galud Nikhaim. All the exiles are called in the name of the exile of Egypt. Because they bring troubles and um, they bring all these sufferings to Am Yisrael. Because Mitzrayim comes from the word Metzerim, to bring trouble, to, to, to do all these um, these these to bring anguish and, and trouble to Israel. Because through the tzaddik, he nullifies their kingship, meaning the evil kingship, and their authority, their rule of uh, the goyim. And through, because through this, he basically is able to elevate from within their grasp, the malchut, which was, which was basically taken captive, and uh, bring it back to its source. As we talked about earlier, to bring the malchut, Back to the to the ensof, the idea of combining this that Moshe didn't know um, where he was buried. This idea that he was buried in in Geyinase Beham Moav. He was buried um, in the valley in the Har Moav. The valley was the idea of the ensof we talked about, and the Moav was the idea of Malchut, which is David. To combine Moav to 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 the to the valley, which is the idea of combining Malchut all the way back to its source, which is um, ensof, because we talked about the letters and all this stuff. Look back to the lesson. To, you see how Rabban was tying everything together, and obviously there's much depth to it that I'm not covering. But um, continue reviewing this lesson because one of the founding um, lessons of all of Likut Moran, one of the most fundamental concepts of Breslev, of Rabban Torah, is Vidud Varim before the Tzaddik. And this is one of the most, the greatest Tikkunim that exists, turns sins into merits. It's tremendous, tremendous, tremendous Tikkunim. Can't even begin to understand. 
And this is Rabenu bringing it down to the lowest level for us. Rabenu has a lot more. He understands this at a much higher level. Uh, he says, He says like, um, um, tens of thousands of Madre got higher uh, than w- the way we're explaining it. You know, So we continue. So through this, the tzaddik is able to subdue the 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 the, the what do you call it? the authority of the goyim and to raise malchut, uh, holy malchut. We bet avadim from the house of slavery that God took us out from the house of slavery. This is hinting to the nullification of the evil traits of the four elements, which are basically called in the aspect of slaves. These four elements, these four midot ra'ot, these bad um, traits are an aspect of slavery. Because all these four uh, elements are under the celestial band of the moon, the way the moon um, does its like orbiting or all this stuff. And what is the moon? It's called in the aspect of slave. Slavery. Behold, my slave will become wise. And what did it say in the Zohar? My slave will become wise. This is the moon. So the moon is a slave. And what is the slave? Um, it's the aspect of the... Because we know these four Yesodot come from the um, from the aspect of the moon. What does this mean in practicality? That the Tzadik ascends and brings up Malchut from the hands of the Goyim, from the power, from the, power, from, the um, from the authority of the Goyim. And he subdues and he nullifies all the evil traits of every person. And through this, a person is able to literally come to the aspect of Ramaba, to live in the world to come while he's still here. As it says, in Hashem I praise the matter, in Elohim I praise the matter. So Bizrat Hashem, you have the merit to truly attain these tikkunim. Rabbeinu speaks about to, to be brought to this yediyah that a person knows that shekol me'oratav hemletovato that all the things that happen to him are for his good. Bizrat Rabbeinu Hakadosh, we apply this read the Likutet Sfirot, and Godwin will tomorrow will do lesson five.